It's not so much about uh, the metaverse. It's more about that all the tech is now coming together. Um, so also when we think about the smartphone, um, at, that was a certain point in time where certain tech came together 10 years earlier and the smartphone would have been useless. So we don't have the smartphone equivalent and maybe we won't because it's not it's not required to have this one thing fitting all. But we have a lot of areas where all of this comes together at an exponential speed. And I think that's the beauty of it and the attraction to me, but also at the same time, that's the challenge, as you just mentioned, because regulation is mm -hmm. far behind what we see in tech emergence. And that is something which has been true for hundreds of years every time there was new innovation. Mm -hmm. But here it is massively different because the tech conversion is not in silos anymore. It's, as it says, it's converging. So it's all together mm -hmm. and all at this speed we cannot comprehend. We mm -hmm. cannot, our brain is not uh, fit for purpose when it comes to emerging and also uh, exponential growth. But there is no real, in particular for neurotech, there is no real regulation or governance in place. And in particular, also not for neurotech devices, like we just mm -hmm. discussed the uh, neural link and the yeah. application, for example, in the metaverse. Yeah? Um, and this raises obviously a lot of questions around privacy, security, and mm -hmm. also the ethical use of these technologies. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Heads Talk with me, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter, the podcast where we talk to C-level executives, leaders of institutions, and heads of multinationals. What are the current topics? They talk, we listen. Can you imagine getting into a business or a market where you actually spend a hundred billion plus on a piece of paper? Are you kidding me? It was like a frying pan of the head. I got nothing against CFOs. It was not just the job of a lifetime, it was the job of a thousand lifetimes. My guest today is fast becoming a regular on Heads Talk, simply because she's a wealth of knowledge and a respected thought leader on many topics to include the metaverse, disruptive tech and Web3. It is no secret to my listeners that I am a fan of my guest today and a contribution to this current series on Heads Talk will be greatly received. But before we get into that, here is a brief message. U.S. private capital forum Go Real 2023 launched now until the end of March, with on-demand sessions offering attendees the utmost flexibility to access industry-specific content and deals on their terms. It will bring together over 100 speakers from across Europe over a broad agenda covering private equity, venture capital, real estate and private debt. For details, visit www.eurosforum.org. Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter. Dr. Martha Boekenfeld is the Dean and partner of the Metaverse Academy. She is also a Metaverse strategist and advisor who is passionate about emerging tech, blockchain and the Metaverse, not to mention a strong believer in the power of innovation. She has more than 20 years experience and international exposure as a financial service C-suite executive in institutions such as UBS, Unicredit, BlackRock, Generale, Kleinworth Benson, and AXA. She is on the advisory board of Gen2 and recently joined the Swiss board of directors for Generale. 
As a top influencer in this space, she has been nominated as one of the top 100 women of the future, Web3 and Metaverse, and the top five women in tech, Europe, Web3. Her personal mission is to help the adoption of the Metaverse, NFTs, Web3, DeFi, to create value for our society. She aims to achieve this by helping companies and individuals to enter these spaces in her different roles. Let's get into this now. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome back Martha to Headstore. Many thanks for being with us again. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, and thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about what I'm very passionate about, the emerging tech and the metaverse. Excellent, excellent. We spoke early last year for the retail series. Um, I will put a link in this show note for, for listeners to access that episode as well once you know this is out. And you, um, you know, with your breadth of knowledge, um, allow me to have you back again today for the Neurotech series. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing your insights on this particular tech, especially with its use and, and presence within the metaverse. First, let's begin with an update. Since we last spoke, a few things have changed for you. I briefly mentioned them in the, in the introduction. Um, would you like to update my listeners on what's new with Martha? Yeah, my focus on the metaverse has actually more sharpened than it was a year ago when we started and had a different topic, uh, the retail side, the finance side. And since then, as you just said, I've been appointed as a dean and I'm also a partner in the Metaverse Academy. Mm -hmm. And I'm very proud and honored to be part of this because we have been already been able to basically help people around 500 people to get into virtual worlds and have experiences so the focus we have is very much on experiences rather than just talking about what it is and what it could be just explore it and try to understand what the opportunities are that's excellent that's excellent um let's now look at in general healthcare in in the metaverse before we dive into the specifics of neuroscience and neurist tech um, where are we with healthcare and health institutions and organizations in the metaverse? What is their footprint? It's very interesting because you what you have is you basically have a, a good and the a bad side. So you have in general the healthcare system in a lot of countries, which mm -hmm. is very far from where it should be. And then you have the emerging tech and some of the institutions also already exploring the metaverse and virtual worlds, AI emerging tech in healthcare mm -hmm. in, the, in the new world, you can say. Uh, so there is a huge divide between the two, which also gives concerns, I would say, to, to access. And if I may just I'll give you a few examples of what is happening in healthcare. And I find this is the most exciting part about virtual worlds. Mm -hmm. Then one, which is very important, is that doctors can train in virtual worlds uh, instead of dead bodies. They really can now train with digital twin, which gives them completely new knowledge than everything which you have done in a quasi real world, because virtual mm -hmm. worlds feel, feel real, uh, is much, much more impactful. And the other thing is also when you can train and simulate scenarios, for example, last year there was a co-joint twin in Brazil and they had a lot of problems with the babies to separate them mm -hmm. that then doctors from London could help them. Yeah. They exercised mm -hmm. in the virtual world and this operation was very successful. 
so there are a lot of things and you can say operational world mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense to use virtual worlds. There are other things in therapy where it's being used for mental health in particular to heal uh, depressions for people who come from the war site or other mental illnesses and depressions and behaviors. You can change complete behaviors, mm -hmm. sociopathic mm -hmm. uh, behaviors even. Uh, so lots of development in, in healthcare. And on top of it, the first, uh, or actually I have to say now the second uh, healthcare, also medical institution has been established in a virtual world. So you might ask yourself, why, why would you have that? Because you can't go there. Mm -hmm. But with digital twin technology, which is um, more and more into place, what you can do is you can create a digital twin of yourself. You can explain what you have and where you have the pain. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, in the future, we will be able that our digital twin can show all the you can say all the things we have in our body or don't yeah. have and what yeah. is wrong immediately that we are not yet that far but you see that we are all on a journey and all the pieces of the puzzle and the different tech comes together mm. and for institutions this is in particular clinics there are a lot of clinics which are uh, testing different technology in terms of processes in terms of ai and all mm -hmm. the different technologies are converging now and mm -hmm. this is different from what we have seen 10 years ago we had separate ai we had maybe separate uh virtual worlds not yet established we had robots and now everything comes together and augmented reality also plays a big role there was again recently a very successful operation very very difficult one at the john hopkins institute and they were successfully operating with kind of the doctor described it as a GPS because through augmented reality, he could mm -hmm. see all the organs and he could see exactly where to place yep. what was a, a spinal operation, very complicated, which you usually have lots of risk. And because you can see everything so clearly and you know where to go in, mm -hmm. in quote, mm -hmm. um, he felt that, that he felt really comfortable and was one of the first operation in that field, which were very successful. I like the fact um, that, you, that you talked about um, geographic um, limit, limitations no longer exist in the virtual world in, in terms of the performance of operations. You talked about the conjoined twins in, in Brazil to using um, London doctors and London expertise there. I mean, this has really taken um, health to a, to a whole new level. And I'd like to hone in on newer science and newer tech with this question you talked about AI you talked about augmented reality uh, perhaps maybe deep learning will come into into part of your answer with this one I'd like to first know where uh, you are seeing it most in the metaverse is, is it um, actually in the healthcare and its data is it in gaming is it in performance etc where Martha yeah, neuroscience is uh, one of the most interesting fields because it's about our brain, basically. Yeah. So it's used everywhere. Even Facebook uses it to a certain extent because you try to understand how your brain works. Mm -hmm. And in particular, when you create virtual worlds, you like to understand how it works because you like to create immersiveness. So you want to understand how it how and when does it feel real 
um, you could almost say in a negative way, you trick your brain, but in a positive way, how can you create better behavior with using your brain? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's so the, the spread of the neuroscience and related technology is far beyond just healthcare or gaming. Yeah. It goes into every piece of our life, you can say. Uh, something we see, and very often we don't even see it. And you can also see that, uh, that it's in healthcare, it has a, a vast majority of application, in particular mm -hmm. neurotech, as, as you know. Um, today, I read an article, which was pretty amazing, that uh, someone had uh, no hand anymore, and he had a robot. Mm -hmm. A robo hand could do a lot of things. Obviously, AI also AI help, robo help. But what was most important that the brain could connect uh, again. Yeah. There was yeah. this connection, and very often that's also when we talk about neural links. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the, um, the brain chip interface, which also Elon Musk is developing, this is very often for medical use in the first instance, but yes. as always, this can be used for all different applications and in particular for good and for bad. Yes, exactly. And I'm going to talk in greater detail about that. So I'm glad you, you've touched upon that. You know, this series is about neuroscience and neurotech. Um, I've talked to a number of guests thus far um, with content such as uh, personalized treatments and cures, um, precision therapies. And actually, that was a very interesting conversation where we talked about um, neurodirect and precision solutions versus that of drug medicine solutions, uh, you know, with their known sort of uh, uh, um, possible side effects. The conversation then expanded into big pharma needing to to morph in the future with such developments, you know, etc. It, it was a great conversation. But back to um, the other content. I also talked about with guests about um, neurogenomics, um, laws and regulations around implantables, and of course, you know, neural networks. You know, where the where the algorithms are sort of inspired by the the structure of the human brain. There are a lot of subheadings and and content in this space. This makes it such a fascinating series um, on Hes Talk. You, Martha, you recently submitted a brilliant post on this very topic under the heading of the big convergence, the big ideas. And I also watch um, Kathy Wood of Arc Investment video. Tell mm. me, tell me, what excites you about the explosion and growth in this area, whether in the metaverse or not? It's not so much about uh, the metaverse, as you said, also from my post. It's more about that all the tech is now coming together. Um, so also when we think about the smartphone, um, at, that was a certain point in time where certain tech came together 10 years earlier and the smartphone would have been useless. So we don't have the smartphone equivalent and maybe we won't because it's not it's not required to have this one thing fitting all. But we have a lot of areas where all of this comes together at an exponential speed. And I think that's the beauty of it and the attraction to me. But also at the same time, that's the challenge, as you just mentioned, because regulation is mm -hmm. far behind what we see in tech emergence. And that is something which has been true for hundreds of years every time there was new innovation. Mm -hmm. But here it's a bit different, or I would say it's massively different because the tech conversion is not in silos anymore. It's, as it says, it's converging. So it's all together mm -hmm. and all at this 
speed we cannot comprehend. We cannot, our brain is not uh, fit for purpose when it comes to emerging and also uh, exponential growth. But there is no real, in particular for neurotech, there is no real regulation or governance in place. And in particular, also not for neurotech devices, like we just mm -hmm. discussed the uh, Neuralink and the yeah. application, for example, in the metaverse. Yeah? Um, and this raises obviously a lot of questions around privacy, security, and mm -hmm. also the ethical use of these technologies. It does. It does indeed. And while it raises these questions, who's answering them? And how is that being turned around? Because these technologies are not going to sort of wait for these um, regulations and laws to come in place. Yeah, I, I mean, what I see is, um, uh, is again, the challenge because the the world is very fragmented and govern, governments are very rarely like for healthcare working really together. And we have seen that uh, very painfully in the COVID situation. There is no data exchange. You don't have even your own data. Uh, there is no clinical trials which are really being sh uh, shared. So all of that in particular in healthcare is just a signal of this fragmentation uh, that everyone is working in their own silo. You don't have the UN for healthcare, for example, or the UN for the metaverse where everyone works together and thinks about it. You have a lot of different entities and governance bodies, but as we also see, they take experts on board. Uh, they have their own agenda, mm -hmm. uh, either mm -hmm. very negative or very positive. Uh, but also these these governments, they have, I mean, it's nearly impossible, but they also don't have the expertise themselves. So they talk, for example, in, in, in politicians, a lot of politicians are in Davos, a lot of people talk about virtual worlds, they talk about the metaverse, but they have never been in a virtual world. So they have never experienced it. All our leaders, you can assume that 80% mm -hmm. have never been in, in these worlds, nor do they have access and try this technology. Whilst I think there are lots of opportunities, even in Davos, there were lots, not, not only us, mm -hmm. there was Accenture with a very nice technology showing it, and they had lots of visitors. But it's very important that our leaders pick up on this development. And there I also see a big gap. They talk a lot about it. But when you check with them, have you tried it? I And you can't try everything, but just generally, are you in contact with this technology? It's like talking about the smartphone and not using it. You know, how can you how can you judge what the problems are? Mm, mm, and mm. the problems are also to an extent, we don't know what all the challenges are because there are also at the same speed developing um, as, as we talk, yeah? Yes, and, and I think it's definitely quite interesting in the sense that political players in that space, because if we look at, I'm going to sort of go slightly off topic here, if we look at the digital service tax, while it seems, you know, while it wasn't there in place um, prior to the digital revolution, it is there, but somehow it's a nightmare getting an agreement um, with the US, with China, with whatever the various countries in, in ensuring that the right taxes go to the right countries in that sort of sense. And that is a sort of a small thing compared to what we're looking at now, 
with the, the explosion in terms of neural networks in, in, in terms of all of this absolutely i mean if if we think about neural networks and generally the network effects yes. across across the entire globe yeah. uh just taking something which is not as positive which is covid it spread it it was spreading in, entirely on the globe yeah. but yeah. the the defense sort of tried to do it with more exchange but wasn't up for it so this should give us a good lesson that we can no longer think in this silos and we can yes. no longer live in a fragmented world we have to do things together it's just by nature of it it doesn't work it doesn't mm -hmm. work because we are not is no longer switzerland or yeah. us yeah. china and europe it, it's it's not working because it's all all work everyone is now working global everything is developing global yeah. uh, some yes. may be more advanced than others like china asia is more advanced and i was another statistic i read which has really surprised me mm -hmm. they are more advanced in a lot of their emerging tech than even yes. the u.s is there yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe one should not be surprised but uh, it's always when you see china u.s there's already mm -hmm. a huge mm -hmm. imbalance um, Mm -hmm. But I think uh, Europe looks to the US probably because of, um, I don't know, common culture, common background, that sort of stuff. Yeah, and absolutely. Tech yeah. development really is happening in Asia uh, and it's far away in what's going on in the US. And as, as you say, everything is linked. It's all linked. And the irony of all of this in terms of um, neural networks and, and the link is that all of this is modeled on the human brain. Yet it's the human brain that's causing yeah. it. Yeah, that's it's, but it's basically the world is mirroring our brain yes. and the interaction and the neural network, you can yeah. say, which is one of the yeah. most amazing uh, developments in, so. in, for human beings. And that's why also a lot of AI, obviously experts trying to mirror even the neural links, which yes. not anyone has fully discovered yet because it's kind of mystery, uh, but it's so brilliant that uh, it, it's unbelievable we have that. You know? Yeah, it is. It is indeed. Um, you know, we've just talked about the growth, yet in some sense, uh, and talking to some of the guests, neurotech is still embryonic. Um, what are your thoughts and predictions for the future of this tech? Um, you can take us down the road of innovation, if you like, because that's, that's one of your passion areas. Or you can talk about investors and VCs or the different verticals or what you foresee its role within the metaverse. Yeah, for the metaverse is uh, certainly very, very important. Um, so the generally the role of neuroscience in the metaverse is to provide a deeper understanding of how the brain interacts with virtual environments. So that's mm -hmm. that's the base. Um, so from there on, this can inform new developments, uh, new technologies, new applications. But if we break this down, one is improving immersion, what we mentioned at the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can neuroscience research can inform the design of virtual environments, mm -hmm. so that is more immersiveness, more realistic, and also that we feel it's more real. Uh, the second point is it could enhance human computer interaction, even mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. you understand how the brain process sensory input and neuroscience works. Mm -hmm. then you will also understand what the interaction between people and virtual environments is. And you can also, also very much, as we described before, not only in healthcare, but for behaviors, you can change behaviors. Uh, you can do a lot of things with it for the good, mm -hmm. for the greater good. Mm -hmm. um, with neuroscience, you also can study 
effects of exposure to virtual environments. Uh, for example, what I also find mm -hmm. fascinating, we have during generations now developed certain instincts. So if you have a very small child and put it on a on a bridge, then that child will not per se jump because genetically and from the brain research, we know that the child knows if I jump, this is not good for me. Just the experience, which is genetically driven now. If you change this and you can jump all of a sudden in virtual worlds, you can swim without air. You can you can be in the air. Cool. This is um, for good and for bad. This can be quite dangerous. Yeah? So you need to make sure that the, again, what is always the case, the technology and how you use it, what is the ultimate, what you want to achieve? So you certainly don't want a child to be jumping uh, and thinking I can dive into water yeah. or yeah. can fly when you hurt yourself. Yeah, uh, But with virtual reality, you have no limits. Um, yeah. So from that point of view, your brain can be basically rewired. And there are certain people who, for the greater good, so think more in the positive sense, also say the metaverse will only be here if we have also completely convergent between what is real and what is virtual. If it's converging and you, you don't decide or you don't say anymore, this is virtual and this is now reality. So then we have then we have a real completely new universe and we better make sure that what we create there also is still working for our mm -hmm. for our greater good and for our better life. That's interesting. I've actually, I've not thought about that. And, and you talking about that sort of reminded me of how, I think, you know, in cartoons of the 40s and yes. the 50s, where they had to make sure children understood that's a cartoon and this is yes. real life, you know? So I'm thinking, wow, this, this is, and this is, this is a whole different level when we're <laughs> talking about this. Okay. And yeah. um, I was going to, sorry, were you going to say something, Martha? No, no. Okay. No, no. I, I, I was, was going to talk about um, Elon Musk's Neuralink, um, but you talked about it earlier in the conversation, which is great. And also, we're going to have um, someone from Neuralink on the show, so they're going to talk further about that. So I'm going to move on to this um, final question and his talk. It, it's one that fascinates me, and it would be great um, to get your take on this, Martha. It's about you talked about side effects, uh, but it's about side effects. It's about a residual use um, of development in neuroscience. When I talked to one of the guests, they talked oh, about things that was developed that was used for one thing, or it was supposed to be used for one thing, but in the end, it was used for something else. And I'm just wondering, um, what else do you think it will it will be used for, deployed effectively in society or industry? It's a broad question, I know. So feel free free, free to uh, to sort of hone in on, on an area that interests you. You mean generally neurotech or? Yes. Yeah. Um, I believe that, as we said from the beginning, the neuroscience is such a core to everything we do, uh, to our entire life and contention, mm -hmm. uh, connection. So with 
as you just outlined, with any new technology, the deployment of newer tech solution is likely to bring the benefits and also unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, and some of the unintended consequences. Let's talk a little bit also are about privacy, security concerns. Mm -hmm. uh, you can have neurotech devices collect sensitive information about a person's thought, emotions. Mm -hmm. uh, this could be very vulnerable to hacking and misuse. We have seen that before. You have ethical consideration uh, because yeah. around autonomy, agency, control, will you totally govern by something which is in your brain or anywhere else? Uh, mm -hmm. link is in your is a brain implant where you will be guided to what you do and what you don't do. Uh, you have biases, discrimination. Uh, so this is all, I would say, the the side which we also have to take into account but on the other side also with Neuralink mm -hmm. there can be uh, out, there can be things done which we could never do before yeah. because your your human cognitive physical capabilities can be far improved in particular for those who have deficiency who have who are paralyzed who cannot work anymore yeah. who cannot even talk anymore and that already similar technologies and neuroscience where this is the case so all of a sudden you can talk uh, you cannot talk before but because of the connection has been established again you can talk you can hear you can all your let's say deficiency can be overcome and that is something which i think is super exciting to also close on a very positive note yeah i, I think so i think so indeed and you know with some they even talked about Education, the way education, uh, the way um, children are taught, it will be completely modified because, you know, the whole format of education hasn't really changed for hundreds of years, to be honest, in terms of children in front of a teacher. And they feel that neuroscience is going to completely change the way children are educated. Absolutely. I mean, the only yeah. only if you think about the potential of the metaverse and education, yes. And yeah. which is already happening now, uh, that children can learn in immersive worlds. They learn about behavior, but they also learn about history. Mm -hmm. yeah? So you don't learn about uh, the war and and or even the the pyramids in Egypt anymore yeah. because you read it and it's proven fact. We know this from research and we know it ourselves that yeah. when you feel something is real then you really learn it. This is your yes. real experience that yes. gets recorded in your brain. Uh, you you know, when when dogs see something, you have trained them uh, and you they know even before you have the um, the meat or any, I'm, I'm a vegan, so I'm not giving dogs meat, but <laughs> if you give them something to eat, you you can you only have to go to the to that cabinet and they they know it so there is already a connection there and all of this is all very well known so just translated even mm -hmm. more with your attack and and you are there mm -hmm. and and sorry I just asked this as a question because you've talked about Elon Musk again and Neuralink's do you feel that they are an outlier in in this space they are they um paving the, the the way or do you think other organizations are doing the same thing with these the, this implantable technology uh, i would say as always um elon musk is quite far advanced yeah um but there are a number of other companies also in this space who do uh technology on very concrete use cases 
Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the bigger vision which Elon has communicated, maybe not uh, also only what he communicates is always what what he does, mm -hmm. uh, is is quite big and is 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 bigger is bigger in the sense bigger than what anyone else might have. Mm -hmm. yes indeed indeed because he's such a visionary um also for good and for bad because he always has a kind of meta view yeah. um, so the individual human might not be of his concern sometimes when he talks and when he acts mm -hmm. uh, is more what is a greater the view advancement of, of mankind really isn't yeah it? so very very meta yeah in, indeed and um, it'd be interesting to hear what um one of his colleagues will say um, when they talk about what Neuralix is doing. I would definitely uh, listen to that episode because I'm very interested in what they disclose and what they say. That's excellent. That's excellent. Um, look, if there is one thing you need to take away from this episode, listeners, is that you need to follow Martha on LinkedIn. I will obviously put the links um, in the show notes. Dr. Martha Boekenfeld, once again, it's been an absolute pleasure. Many thanks for your time and insights. Thanks a lot, Elaine. And as always, the pleasure is mine. It's always exciting uh, to talk about these topics and in particular now neuroscience. Excellent. We, I, as always, we could go on for hours because... I know, I know, I know. I, mean, I, I, li I love that you have a series about it. I mean, this is incredible. Yeah. Oh, so now this series will be my favorite. for joining me today on this episode of Heads Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via my website, elainepringle.com forward slash Heads Talk, wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsors, guests and you for helping to make the show possible. Please join me next time where I'll be featuring more executives, C-suite leaders and heads of multinationals. Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.